You're listening to. From the 2018 Toronto International Film Festival, this is the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Has been her whole life to catch the morning breeze. But today there's something written in her sky. And hey everyone, welcome to episode 182 of the Collab Cast. My name is Marvin Yue, and we are in Toronto, Canada for the 2018 Toronto International Film Festival, or TIFF. I've been here for the last week, checking out a bunch of movies and supporting the Rio Asian Film Festival TIFF reception as part of collaboration and the APA filmmakers experience. And since I'm here, um, this episode is going to be all about TIFF. We are going to be bringing you two great segments, the first of which is a conversation with Anderson Lee. He is the artistic director of the Hawaiian International Film Festival, as well as a consultant to many Asian American film festivals around the nation, including one of our favorites, the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. I caught up with Anderson at the TIFF Lightbox Theater to chat about the films that we both have seen over the course of the festival. And here's what we had to say. And we're here at the Toronto International Film Festival, uh, sitting here on the third floor of the TIFF Lightbox Theater. I'm here with film extraordinaire Anderson Lee. Um, how, do we, how do I introduce you? I feel like you're, like you're part of every single Asian American film festival that, that well, I know not of. not everyone, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I advise for the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival. Um, I actually you know, used to advise for the Real Asian F- Film Festival okay. here in Toronto a few years ago. And, but you know, I'm primarily also um, am the artistic, artistic director for the Hawaii International Film Festival. Right. So, yeah. You also work with Cam, right? Uh, well, I've done stuff with Cam before. Okay. But you know, actually, in the capacity of Cam, I, I also consult for, the, um, for Comcast, okay. for the Asian American Film and TV um, uh, silo they have on on their on demand like through Xfinity, <laughs> right? You know, so yeah, there's actually a dedicated channel for Asian American and Asian international, yeah, yeah, um, content basically. And you're also the um, I guess managing editor of Yum Yum F, right? Yeah, I'm a contributing <laughs> blogger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So awesome. yeah, that's been going on for almost ten years now. So yeah, yeah. So um, I caught up with Anderson last night at the Real Asian TIFF. Um, Asian reception. Yeah, that was fun. And thought I should talk to him because he knows a lot about film. <laughs> I need someone to bounce off, like just because I've been here for the last week since last Thursday. Been uh-huh. watching. I think think I've seen about nine or ten films. You've seen nine or ten. Yeah, films? I feel okay. like you've, you've seen probably twice as many as. No, this, no, this I've, I've seen pretty much about the same amount. You okay. know, I mean, uh, I'm here also just for meeting, just meeting, have meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, so because we're. We're program. We're uh, locking our program for Hawaii because mm-hmm. our festival's in November. So this right. is kind of our last ditch effort to kind of get the films that we hopefully want to get. You know, yeah. and talk to the right people and and what have you. So so this is my first TIFF, and that's also my first international film festival. Oh, okay. So it's been really interesting to see how different it is because the only other major film festival I've been to is has been Sundance. Okay. And um, it's like, how, how do you like this? How do you it's, like TIFF? 
it's um, it's a lot like more accessible. I'm not walking through snow. Oh yeah, yeah, up the sure. hill every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it's one of those you know like like what what Sundance is it's in Park City so definitely it's a destination yeah it's actually well the circus comes to town and <laughs> you know they build the festival in Park City yeah. right it's, yeah it's like, you know it's an usually it's a usually it's a sleepy you know um, <laughs> like ski a, ski town right yeah, yeah. like um, and then and then you know in January they you know twenty thirty thousand people show up or you know yeah. so. But main, Tor- yeah, but with Toronto, it's like you know, there's still the the festival's huge, but yeah. the the city's still you know, it's just yeah. the day to day life of the city, and Toronto's a beautiful city, and you know, it's I like, love this. I was born in the city. Oh, really? You were yeah. born in Toronto? Yeah, but um, oh. I moved to the states when I was one. So co- oh, okay. I tell people culturally, I'm I'm LA. But, oh, okay, got it. Um, legally, I'm still Canadian. So you have a Canadian passport? I do. Oh. I have a permanent residency in in the states. So oh, okay. Yeah, never got around to um, naturalizing. Oh, got it. People who've listened to this podcast would know why. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, you know. But, yeah, it's, it's, I think the main difference has been I've been able to see all the movies I wanted to see. Okay. At least most of them. I haven't been able to see A Star is Born because, yeah. you know, you have to get there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but. you know, it, it's going to open <laughs> everywhere, yeah. you know, soon. But, uh, yeah, but there, we were talking, just talking about, you know, this, this, the theme this year has been um, teen, no, not teen, but like pop star movies, yeah, a right? Lot so. of, yeah, a lot of movies about the rise and fall and of like yeah, yeah pursuing fame. Like pursuing, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Um, yeah. I saw a movie called um, Teen Spirit starring Teen Spirit. Elle Fanning. Yeah, that's literally just like and she's like British. Yeah, she right? has a posh British accent. Yeah, but yeah, she plays yeah. a Polish girl right. from a poor like island town, like the Isle of Wight or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's basically just her going on this American Idol type show, right? Which, which yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like you, you always see patterns, right? Like the year of like Armageddon and Deep Impact. Sure. And like, yeah. di- like a lot of queuing in on the same theme uh-huh. at the same time. And you never really know, like, is it planned or is it just. No, I think it's just really osmosis in yeah. a way. You know, like when, you know, just um, looking at uh, films that entered at the festivals I work at, uh-huh. you know, you kind of see emerging themes, right? Yeah. Kind of get, kind of come out of the woodwork when you're seeing hundreds and hundreds of films, <laughs> you know. I mean, shorts and features, and you name it. Yeah. So it's the same. Like it's for, for for some reason this also the year of Asian American rom coms. We had like two huge oh, ones. Oh well, yeah, month, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, Crazy Rich Asians, of course. And uh, but um, yeah, it's been a you know, it's been a, it's been a it's been an interesting year. But going back to the pop star, the pop star one, um, yeah. Aside from Teen Spirit, of course, The Star Is Born, yeah. right? Which I thought was really good, yeah. and then um, uh, there was Vox Lux, right? Right. With Natalie right. Portman, a little uh, a darker type. Th- of yeah, yeah. Pop and then there was movie. another one called Wild Rose, which I didn't see, but yeah. um, I heard good things about it too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been really like I haven't seen any bad movies. I'm sure. I mean, bad is subjective, right? Sure. Um, I haven't seen any movies where I didn't have like. Either an intellectual like sure reaction to, or like an emotional reaction to. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's like that's like maybe maybe it didn't right? hit hit it out of the park for you like immediately, but it resonates with you maybe yeah hours or days later. I felt that way with um, Burning, which is the oh uh, Lee Chang Dong film yeah. with Stephen Yoon, based on a Murakami short yeah. uh, short story. Yeah, and it was t- the type of film that like it doesn't end on a very satisfying note. But the yeah. more you think about it, the more you realize what they were trying to do with it, and yeah. like the better you like it. And I definitely want to see it again, to like, yeah, um, because it's definitely one of those films where like the great character work and very like well shot. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I I really love. I mean, I'm a big fan of Li Chang Dong, and this is kind of um, yeah, I would say it's kind of a departure for him, mm-hmm. kind of. 
because uh, he's dealing with like young people, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it's really just primarily a three character kind of yeah three character play in a way. You know, it could it could have been a play. Yeah, um, but Stephen Yoon, man, he's yeah. incredible in Even this film. In all Korean, he's still yeah. Like, and like owns every scene. He's yeah, playing. yeah. He's like you know, kind of like that uh, really um, s- snooty, rich soul <laughs> kid, right? Who has everything and like. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't think he's playing Korean American. He's playing Korean Korean. Is he? I, I, I don't his think it's Ben. Yeah, I, I yeah. Maybe he's like transnational. He's like bike also, but he's like, <laughs> he doesn't speak English in the in the film at all. No, not you at know? all. So yeah, yeah. so, so, I, so I, can't, I can't even tell if he's you know. Right, being bad or not. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm not Korean, but um, I, I think his Korean was. They said his Korean was good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, that's what they great. said about oh, when he was in Okja that his Korean was was pretty good. Oh, right, so, right, right. Well, but know. he was definitely deliberate, deliberate. He was obviously a Korean American. Yeah. So he was like fumbling <laughs> with his words and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. But he's doing good work, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see him doing stuff. Um, uh, you know, like in Korea, I mean, in John Cho, you know, yeah. uh, going back to kind of the hashtag Asian August <laughs> um, with um, searching, you know, I, mean, yeah. just, I just read that searching is number one film in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It was and number two when it, it opened in the opening weekend and then second week is number one. Yeah. Yeah. I so. love that um, Steven Yoon is kind of taking the, the John Cho trajectory of like, now that he's had his like pop success, he's going back to like the indies and yeah. kind of working his way through the through yeah. the yeah. the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, I mean, even uh, um, the film is like doing doing very well in the US US as well. So yeah, yeah. So it has, it has great buzz too. Like I heard a burning before it coming yeah. to the festival. So oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, burning. Yeah, but um, but burning too. <laughs> right, right. But burning is actually um, going to be released in theaters in the US. I think starting October 26th. Wow. So, and then it's like a, you know, limited release and it's going to slowly yeah. get released in the, you know, the weeks after. So. Yeah. It's been interesting. Uh, one of the things that um, people told me was like, it's not exactly like the international films here aren't like, there's not a lot of like Asian American films in yeah. the, this, in the, in like a uh, festival like TIFF, but there's a lot of Asian American presence though. Like Grace Park is also in the movie called Freaks. That's right. Yeah. Which, uh, just got bought as well i heard yeah. i read you know so by neon <laughs> um yeah I, I i you know i missed that film i i wanted to see it and uh, i didn't know grace was in it yeah but, I, uh, I i missed it too okay. so i'm gonna try to catch it but i, I, I read a couple of reviews and it seems like it, it seems like a x-men meets um 21 cloverfield lane yeah or, it's yeah. very cloverfield-esque yeah. you know because like, it's like uh, i think the 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 premise is like a, a single dad who kind of sh- kind of like room yeah he shelters his young daughter and yeah. basically she's lives in the basement and he kind of is very overprotective of her yeah yeah and and then you know she she yeah. meets someone and gets you know I really wanted to see just how big because she has I think third billing in the the, the cast sheet okay okay uh, but I was because they didn't mention her character in right but it's one of those movies where you kind of people don't want to spoil so yeah yeah we'll yeah, yeah yeah so I mean hey it was one of the hot uh, buys here at Toronto so yeah. um, can't wait to see it yeah. so um, and I caught um, Free Solo. Um, oh, yeah. Jimmy Chin. Yeah, Jimmy Chin yeah, yeah. and um, Chai. Yeah. Um, Vacherelli. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great film. Oh, that's also coming out uh, in theaters end of the month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had uh, uh, Yeah, so. Oh, what were you going to say? Oh, yeah. I, I was able to interview the two of them oh, earlier. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're going to be. Uh, yeah, we yeah, we yeah, put yeah. them in this podcast after this one. Did you but, see their first film, Meru? 
I didn't, but oh, I, you gotta see that. Yeah, I, I yeah. heard about it. It was it, yeah. it went to the festival circuit too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was you know it was, it was a big title at Sundance. Yeah, and stuff like that. But it's but. Uh, it was what I love the most about Free Solo is that Jimmy is actually in the film. Yeah, like kind of. Um, yeah. Organizing the shoot, and you get to see like him kind of doing his thing, being like a badass, like action photographer. The guy's a total badass, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like this ultra athlete. Yeah, uh, you know, free climber, like a you know a champion climber, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and he became like this like amazing, like kind of sports action filmmaker, right? Yeah. Like so. And then Free Solo is basically the, you know kind of tr- tracking this one. I forgot the subject's name, but Alex he's, um, Alex Hanum. Okay, thanks. Yeah. And then like he's, he, you know, he's um, and his whole mission is to to he wants to like free climb free climb this um, giant mountain in like, in Yosemite, yeah, right? Yeah, Al Capitan. Yeah. Al Capitan. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like yeah, which you know Captain Kirk did in Star Trek V: The Final Frontier. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone remembers that, okay, yeah. never mind. But uh, but yeah, I mean. As in, like, and that's, you know, free climb as in no... No rope. R- no no ropes or anything. Nothing. Yeah. And he slips, he dies, yeah. basically. So it was, it was kind of stressful to watch, but oh also very riveting. And just the way that, like, like, just... Like, for me, especially seeing, like, someone like Jimmy in the film doing, like, kind of... Yeah. Showing his thing, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of a, a stealth Asian-American representation win, too, because, mm-hmm. like, he's there doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty awesome. Um, yeah, you got to be a savant, you know? You got to be just totally committed, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Film. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be playing everywhere in the month. I think it's going to be at the LA Film Festival as well. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, so uh, as a uh, artistic director of a... Asian Film Festival. Uh-huh. Um, what are you here? Like, are you here to also look at all the uh, like the Asian films? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure to, I'm sure to see everything. Uh, with Hawaii, it's an international festival. We have a strong mm. focus on Asia Pacific, but right. you know, um, so I'm I'm seeing everything. But you know, um, or the ones I need to see. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, I've been catching up on. Um, Asian films as well. I mean, a lot of the Asian films that they've screened uh, that are screened here. I've seen already at like other festivals, like Cannes, like right, Burning, right? right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been some really great uh, world premieres here um, that were great. Like I caught um, Shadow, the new film by Zhang Yimou. Yeah, I, yeah. Saw a P&I, I saw a screening of that as well. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's one of his more faster paced movies. Like yeah. it's not it's, it's, it's not the Great Wall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, like if we can re, re, everyone can be rest assured it's not the Great Wall. It's uh, it's much better. And it's more like in his um, he's in the in the hero House yeah. of Flying Daggers vein. So it's kind of heroish. It's um, it's not as it's interesting to, to it's a very like he uses a lot of grays and a lot of like yeah, it's a very gray film. Yeah. Well, because it's like you know he uses um. Calligraphy, right? Calligraphy yeah. as a kind of motif, yeah. right? So, yeah. So it's kind of almost not... It's gray, pseudo-black and white, you know? So. And it kind of, like, it's pretty funny, too. It's yeah. kind of like the... There are a couple, like, pretty Cohen-esque, like, characters in, in that film that are just, like, people, people of authority, but, like, are kind of terrible and dumb. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he, he did a kind of very local comedy a few years ago, which was actually a remake of... The Coen Brothers' Blood Simple, okay. but in China, <laughs> and instead in like, um, you know, the Tang Dynasty or something. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I, yeah, he definitely has that kind of um, 
he can definitely do that Cohen-esque kind of humor. Yeah. yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I was surprised because I, I the last film I saw was like House of Flying Daggers. I think was that oh him? from Zhang Yimou. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which which is you know a really good solid yeah. action martial arts kind of yeah. romance. I, think, I also um, did you catch the crossing? I did. Mm. I finally I, I caught it and uh, I dug it and I, yeah. I, I think you you kind of described it perfectly. It's a it's a Chinese better luck tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, like you know, like you know, it's set a, in China. Yeah, right? it's a story about a girl who gets into like phone smuggling across the Chinese Hong yeah. Kong border. So she actually lives in China, Shenzhen, yeah, Shenzhen, and yeah. then she she crosses over to Hong Kong for school. Yeah, every day, right? Yeah, and yeah, and then she kind of like is trying to keep up with. Um, her really rich friend who's going to go on a on a, on a holiday and she yeah. doesn't have the money to do it, so yeah. kind of raises the money somehow. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah, like it's pretty cool. Doing delinquent things and it's like I was watching and like I don't know why I kept thinking like is this going to be shown in China at all because it's the type of thing that China doesn't like to like promote. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know, I don't yeah. know. But but also yeah, she uses her kind of like innocent look yeah. to deceive you know. Um, it's um, you know like the customs guards and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it gets tense, but never gets like it never gets super violent. Like yeah. Fred of Tomorrow. Yeah, does, yeah, but, yeah. Um, it's directed by um, Baisha, which Baisha, literally yeah. means like Snow White. <laughs> I wonder if that's oh, a really? pseudonym or maybe it's a, it has yeah. to be a pseudonym. <laughs> it has uh, to be a pseudonym. Uh, I, I have no idea, but yeah. And it's her first film. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. should catch it on the the first. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be all around the the I hope so. yeah. film festival yeah. circuit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then. Uh, like in addition to the indie and international films, there's also like Hollywood films. Sure, right? Yeah, because um, this is kind of like the this Telluride and Venice are like the first foray for like a lot of the kind of uh, award. Yeah, uh, films that are kind of vying for awards. That's true. You know, during the award yeah. season, you know, so yeah, it's kind like, of the so official like, kickoff of award season. Films like The First Man, um, like we said, A Star Is Born, one of the yeah several pop star movies at the festival. Sure. Um, I was able to catch Hotel Mumbai. Um, oh, how was that? It was very like it was um, to borrow a phrase from my co-host Minji Chang. It was a very butt clenching film. Yeah, like you're just like you spend the whole entire film just like. Tense and music. Like I was, I watched at the uh, Princess of Wales Theater, uh-huh. and all around me, people were just squirming in their seats. So that's the that was the premiere screening, yeah, right, yeah. Because I I hear, I mean, because I haven't seen it, but I hear it's not really about the politics of the situation. It's more about the just the event, the yeah. People surviving, people trying to survive, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Basically, like death is just around every corner. So it's it's a thriller slash. Yeah, like, it's not really a horror, but it's like you're, you're right. that tense because like any one of these characters could die. At yeah, any moment, and the stakes I mean, will be high. Right? Do you think it's like like, like United ninety three, where it's really about more of the the event of like you know the the passengers kind, on United ninety three and kind of, but it's not as um not as patriotic. I want to say okay. Um, it's more like um, it's just like. It's, it chronicles the the like a lot of different threads and a lot of different characters that, that yeah. mingle. Um, like I'm sure there there'll be a lot to be said about how they portray like the terrorists and how like the, right. the politics behind it. But in terms of like a pure thriller and like the um, like the relief you get when it's all over, it, it right. really does a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Dev Patel, right? Is Dev Patel the, uh, is, is the, the star. one of the main characters? Yeah, um, yeah. Dev Patel plays. Um, one of the, I guess, hotel staff. Yeah, it's very, very diverse, very diverse cast. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm, yeah, it's yeah. you know, it's it's interesting. It was actually made a while ago, and it was um, originally uh, 
Right, it got this was come, the whole, like, become um, out last year because uh, and distributed by the Weinstein Company. Yeah, got caught up. And it got caught up on the, the thing, whole yeah. thing, and so it's coming out uh, early next year in the in the states. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also saw the Hate You Give, which is you know. Oh yeah, the yeah yeah yeah. I ran into David Magdale, <laughs> our friend David Magdale. Yeah. Uh, you know, PR extraordinaire David Magdale, and he <laughs> he 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 had no idea what he was. He just wanted really? to see the film, and okay. he didn't know it was based on a YA novel, yeah. uh, or it was a you know a, a commentary on kind of Black Lives Matter yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, uh, and then he he said it was like he was so good, he was crying. <laughs> it's funny yeah. because he was sitting in like the orchestra section uh-huh. around like I guess a lot of like white people. <laughs> yeah, I was up in the balcony with like people the of people color. Were people of color. Uh, and, like, was it deliberate to have that segregation? <laughs> but um, we had different, very different experiences of people around us reacting to it. Cause, sure. Yeah. Cause, yeah. 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 Um, because David had like he, like, David experienced like people reacting to like just the beats. <laughs> yeah. We're, then, I mean, were people like, oh my god, does that really happen? <laughs> the people around me were just like, like they're this like whole like yep. react to everything. Yeah. 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 Oh, here it comes. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. um, another film I, I really liked, um, talking about Asian Americans, is uh, Karen Kusama, yeah. uh, her new film, Destroyer. Uh, right, you starring, last night, right? I caught last night. Yeah. Starring uh, Nicole Kidman and uh, Sebastian Stan, you know, the Winter Soldier, Sebastian yeah. Stan. And, uh, and uh, Tatiana Maslany, you know, from Orphan Black. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, it was cool. It was, you know, very... Um, <laughs> Uh, kind of a deep character study of uh, it was very reminiscent of like a seventies kind of cop movie, you know. Right. Way. So, um, and okay. Nicole, Nicole Kidman is uh, amazing, and she plays a cop like kind of like she opens and she's like completely, you know, unrecognizable. She's just totally r- run ragged, you know. Her she's got like, you know, she looks like a raccoon because she's got like you know like dark dark circles around her eye. She just looks like haggard. Yeah, uh, she's like you know, like the you know, life has life hasn't been kind kind to her, and she's like drunk, sleeps in her car, and then but you know she gets a kind of a, a note one day, uh, and then it's basically because she was she went undercover in this like cult, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fifteen twenty years ago, and you know she thinks the cult has returned or the cult oh. has returned, so she's trying to infiltrate. Trying to get get him one more, you know, this is her last chance to catch him. Yeah, but obviously that experience totally, like, could, you know, could, could totally screwed her up. Yeah, you know, so and it flashes back. You know, you see, you know, her younger and you know, like looking like beautiful Nicole Kidman, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, and then you flash forward and like, you know, she's just like haggard. You know, like yeah, yeah. But it's uh, yeah, it's 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 well made. You know, Karen Karen uh, Kusama uh, did a great job, and uh, yeah, she she kind of. Does these um because I love the invitation she mm-hmm. did um uh you know a couple of years back and uh, yeah she kind of takes these uh kind of what you think are traditional genre type of films either it's like you know a cop cop yeah. cop thriller or like a horror movie and then she kind of, you know puts a spin on it which yeah. is really cool yeah. it's cool to see um, and this is something that Tiff um, they made a conscious effort to really try to include more like female directed movies yeah well yeah I think they, they adopted uh, you know um, uh, uh, you know a gender parity yeah. uh, initiative right yeah um, so and also you know um, if you notice like in, in the intros uh, by the programmers they also um, 
um, acknowledge the, you know, the, um, uh, right, the, the, the first nations first Nation, here. Yeah. yeah. In Canada. So, um, yeah, they're very conscious of that, which is really cool. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's been really, really cool to see. And, and I don't know if it, it's been cool to see or to think about all these movies that are being shown here that may not have been able to, uh-huh. if it wasn't for a conscious effort to be more inclusive. Oh yeah. Really. And in, in a way that's kind of how, tr- I mean, Toronto is a very diverse, multicultural place, you yeah. know, and, uh, uh, and, you know, I, I see that, you know, uh, in the festival and the audiences. Um, also, like, it's like, I mean, going if you want to go to, you know, like, like a show like Kim's Convenience, you know, which is <laughs> yeah. set in Toronto, and like, you know, you watch it, it's like, you know, kind of like this like uh, utopia of different, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know. I mean, multiculturalism, just, you know, so it's, yeah. yeah, and that's what's great. I think they're very conscious of that. Um, I mean, just walking on the street, if you can see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. All sorts and, of people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, the, uh, I mean, uh, and I know coming back to Toronto over and over again, the thing to do is to get Caribbean food here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Amazing Caribbean food. You can't get that kind of food in LA, you know, so. No, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although our Mexican food is a little bit better. It totally is way better. Uh, also, our Asian food in general, Chinese and Vietnamese. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, great, great, amazing uh, Caribbean food um, here in Toronto. So I cannot complain. And poutine. Yeah, you know, poutine. Like real poutine. Real poutine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, another yeah. film I want to... And, you know, another, you know, um, uh, c- uh, country uh, that they really... Um, uh, cater to and then put a spotlight on is uh, India, right? And yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, I was really excited to see um, uh, directors. Uh, his name is Anurag Kashyap, and he's he's you know kind of like this bad boy director in India. Does a lot of like kind of Godfather type of movies, right? Like he, you know, his most famous for um, this uh, these films called um, the Gangs of Wasiapur. Okay. Um, and you know, basically, it's it's gangs of New York meets right. Godfather, but in India. Um, and then he did a you know kind of, uh, a film called Psycho Ramen, not <laughs> not ramen as in the Japanese noodles, but mm-hmm. the, the 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 guy's name is Ramen, but um, Raman. Uh, but you know, it's very dark, you know, uh, very gritty, yeah. you know. Um, uh, so he did this, uh, but you know, he did a, a take on Bollywood, which is a. Uh, Bollywood is, you know, singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. It's like usually two and a half, three hours long. Okay. And, you know, it's uh, usually very black and white. You know, it's basically boy gets girl, yeah. boy loses girl. You know, they, and they reunite at the end, you know. Your traditional and, rom-com trope. Yeah, 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 yeah. But lots of singing and dancing, yeah. right? But his take is, uh, so it's called, um, his the latest film is called Husband Material. Okay. And it, you know, and it's basically about a spunky tomboy um, orphan, you know, she's being raised by her aunt and uncle, and like she's kind of a uh, very troublesome. But you know, she's kind of running around with this like loser DJ boyfriend uh, who she absolutely loves. But you know, you know, loves it. It's a very, it's a very kind of toxic relationship. Yeah. But they love each other, you know, and it's because love is illogical <laughs> and what have you. And and then she agrees to do uh, uh, to get into an arranged marriage mm-hmm. by this, you know, uh, uh, um. 
I believe he's Punjabi, but he's very, uh, you know, educated from London. He's a banker, right? Uh, and he's very, you know, he's but you know, he's he's kind of a, the modern man, right? <laughs> uh, but um, and so it's kind of like the, it's a love triangle in a way, but it's a very messy thing, and it's not again black and white, you know. Okay. So yeah, um, and the characters are not. Um, uh, it's not like you know you're falling in love with Julia Roberts. You know, the, 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 the main actress is very contentious. To the yeah. audience she can't make up her mind. Jumps back and forth between who she loves and stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, it was like really interesting. It was a really interesting take. You know, it's like a very dark movie, but yeah. with singing and dancing in between. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Anderson, thank you so much for talking with us about the Toronto International Film Festival. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, it's, it's a good time. It's, it's always a good time here. Yeah, I've been dying to just talk about what I've seen with someone. Okay, on tape. So <laughs> thank you for <laughs> thank you for taking the time. Oh, my pleasure. Talking. Yeah, um, I guess you know, if people want to follow your your thoughts on movies and and anything, where can they where can they go? Oh, uh, I don't really put my thoughts on, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at al ale eight oh eight ale eight oh eight. Um, but you know, I mean, I also write about. I'll probably write a, a Toronto Film Festival wrap up in the Yamamf blog. So just go to yamamf.com. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Anderson, and uh, have a great rest of the festival. Thank you. While there's plenty of Asian films to see at TIFF, there were only a few that were starring or directed by Asian Americans. One of these films is Free Solo. An exciting documentary directed by the Oscar-nominated Asian-American husband-wife duo of Jimmy Chin and Chai Vasharelli. The documentary chronicles two years in the life of Alex Honnold, a world-renowned climber as he tries to free solo, that is, climb without any ropes, El Capitan, a 3,000-foot cliff in California's Yosemite National Park, and where a single mistake could result in instant death. I was able to grab time with both Jimmy and Chai to talk about their experiences making the film, as well as their thoughts on being Asian American filmmakers. And here's our interview. And this is the collab cast. We are here at the Toronto International Film Festival 2018. I am here with the directors of the documentary Free Solo, Chai Vasarelli and Jimmy Chin. Welcome. Thank you for having us. <laughs> nice to be here. Um, so... I guess for our listeners, can you explain what your film is? Free Solo chronicles Alex Honnold's kind of dream and attempt to climb Yosemite's El Capitan with no ropes. Mm. And what does free solo mean? Free soloing is the purest form of rock climbing, where it you are climbing without any other gear except for using your hands and your feet to climb up the mountain. So I actually got to see the movie yesterday and it was stressful and riveting and it was just um, want to congratulate you on a wonderful film. How did you meet Alex? It seems like you guys were old friends. Yes, I've known Alex for over 10 years and have climbed with him and filmed and shot photographs of him for uh, that whole period. So I've gotten to know Alex very well. Uh, over that time and Chai you know my directing partner and wife has gotten to know Alex you know through the production and through you know uh, my friendship with Alex as well cool and um, how long have you two been making films together we made this is our second film together the first film was Meru which was released in 2015 Mm -hmm. I guess 
know, we see Jimmy in the film, your character within your documentary, but um, what, was, um, what was your role in the partnership? Well, we're a good team. Um, we're both directors. I guess I, I kind of come from a film background. I've mm-hmm. made a bunch of feature docs, mm-hmm. and um, I was very much focused on the story and the emotional development in the, in the film and kind of trying to keep a macro sense of you know, where the climbing fits in the story, how are we complementing the story? And, you know, I think Jimmy and I are both very, we're interested in this story, in in Alex's story, because there's this anecdote of Alex when he was younger that he began climbing with no ropes because it was easier for him to go out and not use a rope than to actually speak to somebody else. Mm. And that fear, like, the story always really moved me, and I felt like Alex's you know, dream of El Cap and his ability to kind of overcome his fears were some, was something we could, a lot of people could take a lot away from. How did you two actually get started filmmaking? Um, it's something we we um, we work with and we, we talk to a lot of young aspiring filmmakers who wonder where people get started. So what, what are your origin stories in the world of creative arts? I guess I made my first film while in college at Princeton um, and that film won the Tribeca Film Festival so that kind of launched my career, um, and I've been making nonfiction films ever since. Gave you the taste. Yes. <laughs> and Jimmy? I've been a photographer uh, for 20 years, and a professional photographer, but also during that time, I started filming. Uh, been probably 15 years of filming. Uh, Meru was my first feature documentary, and, you know, I think I've learned so much working with Chai and and we've had an incredible kind of partnership in bringing very different things to the table. So one of the coolest parts of the documentary, for me at least, was seeing you plan out your your shot list with your team, um, figure out where to go and um, where to like what shots you needed to get. Um, how long have you been action photographing? Yes, so I've been filming and shooting in the space for almost 20 years now and uh, I've worked with you know, many of the greatest athletes uh, out there at the peak of their careers, oftentimes, you know, the peak achievements of their careers. And this was different in the sense that I've never seen anything like this after 20 years of, of working in this space. And that's, that's really what was extraordinary about about this project. Yeah. What was the most like exciting or scary or stressful thing you did during this shoot um, as you were chronicling um, Alex's um, final climb? I think we all carried the burden of the worst case scenario throughout. Uh, certainly the climb was very intense, very stressful. We were all, you know, terrified that something could go wrong. Uh, but, you know, we also trusted Alex and his process and his extraordinary kind of superpower to yeah. kind of manage fear and to execute perfectly when the stakes were the highest. And speaking of that, a theme within this movie was the dilemma of this activity that requires absolute focus and perfection. And throughout the film, there are things that kind of distract from that, right? Like Alex's wedding relationship with his girlfriend and you being there chronicling everything, you know, being part of his climb. Um, was that a storyline that you picked up on and you wanted to shine on? Well, I mean, you know, when we began making this film, Alex was internet dating. 
And, <laughs> you know, like, it, it was a totally different scene. Um, and when he met Sonny, I mean, I think it's a good documentary story where something totally unexpected happens and changes your entire story. Which, uh-huh. um, so it, it, I think it's a very, very special part of the film because you see him, you know, intimacy is clearly very uncomfortable for him and you see him really grow as a human and, as, and <laughs> through her. But it's also his interaction with the crew was, is, was part of that story too where, you know, it's a way for us to see how Alex interacts with people and also the weight that our, we were carrying as filmmakers was real. It was tangible. It was something that we lived with every day and it seemed like it was very important to include at a certain point. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you guys really captured the stress that all, everyone around Alex was feeling, um, especially the ones that would care the most if he lived or died. And it was interesting to see just how he reacted to that too. I think he's just very passionate about what he does. And a lot of the process of the filmmaking uh, was about insulating him from external pressures mm-hmm. and, and shielding him from a lot of the, the, the filmmaking pressures. And, uh, but, you know, he just, he loves climbing and he loves the experience of free soloing. And, you know, hopefully that's also captured in the film. <laughs> um, speaking of the dangers of the the sport, um, was there any time when you took a look at what Jimmy brought back and was kind of upset at what he was doing? Well, every day we were nerve. Like you weren't, you couldn't kind of go to bed until everyone was on the ground. Because mm. um, it was not just Alex; it was our crew and Jimmy who were you know, up there. And I think what was different and unusual about this production was it was so prolonged. You know, normally I think in there are high angle shoots, it's like, it's pretty finite. Um, and this, because we were working towards something and it was unclear when he was going to do it. Um, and he had this whole process to go through. There were just many, many days of exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm always, I'm often, you know, not pleased with what I hear that Jimmy is doing, but again, it goes back to that trust. Um, I trust him to make the right decisions up there. Yeah. Everyone seems like a pro. So, um, best possible scenario, I guess. Um, it was pretty cool to see, taking a look at the, the film list and seeing that this film was directed by a pair of Asian Americans and a husband wife partnership as well. How did you two meet? We met at a conference years ago. Yeah, <laughs> a filmmaking conference? Or? No, it wasn't. It was a different type of conference, and we became friends. Cool. Mm-hmm. Up, I think we should talk yeah. about being Asian American directors. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think there's a moment. I yeah. mean, we just had this thing where um, we were photographed for this magazine on the West Coast, and we were the first Asian Americans to ever be on the cover, and that was just shocking to me. I feel like there's a moment and everyone needs to come out and support this film and also talk about being Asian American <laughs> directors and our experience. And last night, even at the Q&A, we had this wonderful woman come up to us because she was stressed out about her father wanting her to be a lawyer when all she wants to do would be is a photographer. And I was like, I've been there. My mom I'm still so asked me if I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. And that is who we are. Like, we are definitely the children of immigrants. Yeah. Um, so how, how did, this is because we're Asian American podcast, we do ask this question a lot. Like, how do your parents like view your career right now? Because you guys are now, I mean, you've, you've won awards for your films already, right? Like Meru was shortlisted for an Oscar. (laughs) Meru was the highest grossing independent documentary of 2015. And my mom still told me it's not too late to go back to medical school. (laughs) (laughs) We have two children. I'm almost 40. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, but I, I'm half. And so my dad who's a professor and who's Hungarian. He's very, very, he's always encouraged like the creative pursuits. And I feel like my mom is finally kind of coming around to it. It's amazing. I feel like there's, it, like you said, it is a moment. Like the industry is realizing that Asian Americans can not only lead, but also shoot and make films. Um, we have directors making Hollywood films, award-winning documentaries. Um, how does it feel to be in this moment of, I mean, there's always been Asian American excellence, but being a part of this, this moment where people are finally recognizing that. It feels great. I mean, I feel like we need a hashtag crazy Asians. Not, you know, like I just think it would be appropriate to our movie. Yeah. Um, but I think we're still like both Jimmy and I are very engaged. But I think there's still more that can be done to like I want us to be role models to people. Yeah. You know, I always wait for like like young kids to look to understand what Jimmy does. He's like one of the few Asian American professional athletes. Like I, I get that uh, more and more, but you know. M- kind of these outdoor pursuits skiing climbing you know it hasn't been like a very traditional asian space you know but yeah. but it's it's definitely also growing and the, the you know i love having uh you know some someone come up who's chinese and says hey you know um i've i read about your bio and how difficult it was for you to really kind of veer off the path that was set at in front of you by your parents that, you know, I had very traditional parents that mm-hmm. same thing, you know, doctor, as far as I knew growing up, there were only three jobs. It was doctor, lawyer, or finance and right. professor and professor. professor. Okay. So for four, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I became a climber and a photographer and an expedition leader and, you know, and, and, uh, to have that kind of a lot not, I shouldn't say a lot, but, you know, people have come up to me and said, you know, Chinese climbers or skiers have said, you know, it was great to see that it was okay, you know, <laughs> that you, you can break out of this mold. You know, yet, you know, Jimmy, like, played the violin throughout. Yeah, I studied. Like, at three I started playing the violin at three. I studied martial arts and competed in martial arts, like, through high school, I, I swam <laughs> competitively. I did all of the things. I mean, all of those things probably led to you being a good climber because no they dexterity. Did. They did. Endurance. Discipline, yeah. training. But, you know, I totally took a different tack. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm so happy that I did. And it's funny, though, because I think we both rebelled like a little bit against the yeah. type. And yet now that we're parents... You know, like our children speak Mandarin. You know, they're already taking piano. Yes, I mean, we are totally like tiger parents, tiger mom, like (laughs) in every way. And then, but it was probably our eight, like, I think something that was very reassuring in our relationship is I think we understand very much, like, you know, the family culture we each come from and we agree on our values. But yeah, I don't know. I think think it's great. I'm so happy you guys are an Asian American podcast. I love talking about this. I mean, it was like part of the movie, like Alex was awesome, but like seeing you do your thing was like also very, I, I love that you included that in the film because mm-hmm. it shows people like, here's someone doing something completely amazing and badass. And like representation does matter. Like I'm sure, like you said, there's people who came to your film and saw you and said, that's awesome. I want to do that. Or saw you to answer questions and say, oh, those are people that look like me. Like permission is a huge thing in our Especially Asian American mm-hmm. community because we, we come from, um, like especially like you know our parents are definitely most concerned about safety. Yes, <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, I kind of threw that one to the wind, but 
Um, so I guess for those Asian American kids who are looking to, who are thinking of making films, like, do you have any advice for where they can get started? My advice would be the same for everybody, not just Asian Americans, which I think is you have to have a vision. You've got something you want to say. You've got a, you have to have a story you want to tell. Yeah. Or you have to have an understanding of what you like, and you should go find those people who make the work you like. Yeah. You know, that's how you get there. I mean, the thing, the thing is, is if, if you find it, filmmaking as something that you're really driven by or motivated by or passionate by, you, you have to follow it because... You know, not everybody's lucky enough to find something that is moving and gives meaning to their lives. And and if filmmaking is something that you know you really love, like you know, you have to go for it. <laughs> so, uh, I guess my last question for you too is, what is your um, L cap? Like, what is your dream project that you want to do? Just to put it out there, <laughs> unless it's like you're already doing it and you want to keep it a secret. Yeah. I feel like we just did it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. We take it day by day, uh, <laughs> and we have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are ambitious, and, and we we like big projects, and we throw ourselves behind it, and we try to be present when we're in it. And uh, we, you know, are hoping to get this film out in front of a lot of people, and and then uh, we'll move on from there. Yeah. Uh, so this is the second festival you guys played at, yes, right? Yes, it premiered at Telluride. What's next for this film, and what's next for you, you guys, as a, as a directing partnership? Well, the film um, is being released in the States and in Canada, I believe starting September 28th. Um, I think Canada starts the second week of October. And, you know, we're very much living in the present, committed to helping promote this movie. And, you know, there's other things we're working on. And I think right now we just want to enjoy the moment. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely a fan, and... Like I said, it was awesome seeing Jimmy do what he was doing with not only shooting this amazing thing, but leading the crew. That's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations to you two on this amazing film. Um, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and chatting with us. Um, I've been talking to uh, Jimmy Chin and Chai Vassarelli, um, the directors of Free Solo. So if people want to follow your film and see where it's playing, where can they go? Freesolofilm.com, which should have all the showtimes, all the information, how to get tickets. It's a place to go. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much, and um, have a great rest of the festival. Thank, thank you. you. And that'll do it for our coverage of the 2018 Toronto International Film Festival. I had originally planned for one additional segment for you, uh, but we weren't able to make the timing work out. But if all goes well, I'll be back again next year to cover the festival on behalf of the Collabcast. The Collabcast, of course, is a program of collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. You can find out more about collaboration by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. The Collabcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and narratives from all around the Asian American community. Find out more about the other shows of the Potluck Podcast Collective, such as, first of all, The Hollows Bruce, Books and Boba, Saturday School, Good Muslim, Bad Muslim, and more by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. As always, you can shoot us an email at the Collabcast by emailing us at podcast at collaboration.org. Don't forget to subscribe and rate our show if you like what you hear. Uh, special thanks to Travis the Trail for use of his song set free for this episode's intro and outro. 
And again, thank you so much for listening to our special TIFF episode. Uh, we'll have a new episode coming up this Friday where we talk to Han Nguyen, uh, the TV reporter for IndieWire, as we preview the upcoming fall television season, uh, especially what it means for Asian Americans on TV. Stay tuned and we'll talk to you later. She said, it's time I'm ready to go. I'm leaving my tears on the side of the road. Cause this ain't how life's supposed to be. She said, this time I'm learning to fly. Kissing my pain and the sorrow goodbye.